1: I was lost, but you came and found me. You left your throne, thinking about me. You bled and died to show me mercy. You gave your all because you saw my need. I was empty, but you came and filled me. I was blinded. But you helped me to see I was broken but you made me whole again I felt like nothing But you gave me confidence And I'm filled with so much gratitude but words are not enough To explain the magnitude The passion of my love, oh
2: Of Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, January 10th, 2019. Tonight we are in the Apple Valley City, could it be acclaimed Bishop, founder, and overseer of the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ. Tonight is Bible studies with the honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. Tonight is our weekly Food for the Soul. Thursday, Bible study sessions. Well, Dr. Moore will speak with you. He will teach you what thus says the Lord. Tonight, I want to give you just a little synopsis about what Bible studies truly are, and then Dr. Moore will come on the air. So Christians of all denominations, we may use Bible studies and Bible reading notes to assist in our personal Bible studies. However, the use of such aids is discouraged in many churches. I'm going to tell you why. Which advocate the simple reading of Bible passages? In some cases, the practice of reading through the entire Bible in a year is followed. This usually requires readings each day from both the Old and New Testament. This practice, however, has been widely criticized on the basis that the understanding gained of each specific passage of today. The association of Bible study and is an important one. This is why we have a Bible study. Christians do not merely study the Bible as an academic discipline, but with the desire to know God better. So when we are listening to... Dr. Moore, he's teaching us, he's giving us an opportunity to learn a little bit more about God. Therefore, we are to frequently pray that God will give us a greater understanding of each passage that we study or read. This also, we can consider it to be necessary that we need to read with an attitude of respect rather than a critical attitude, which is frequently followed in an informal study session. To us, the Bible is not a sacred book but it is the very word of God. That is a message from God which has direct relevance to our daily lives, like the Bible is the basic instruction before leaving earth. Inductive Bible studies and inductive other studies is a means of studying and accepting a Bible passage. Now, what we're doing tonight and what we do every Thursday night is we are interviewing a passage without preconceptions or agendas. Now, what we also do is, Dr. Moore, he will teach you the words and the concepts, which can lead to meanings and then to interpretations, which in turn lead to us as the readers or the listeners, will lead us to conclusions and applications about God's Word and how it is to be benefit to us. Now, we also can study, and as we read a passage, we'll have questions to follow. And these questions, they will personally interpret it in the verses every time we have a question that answer will follow if we keep reading the next verses. It's very important that we, we listen twice as much as we speak. That way we can hear more about the passages and we can learn more, because if we ask God to show us what the passages represent and what they mean, he will give us the understanding. Now, most questions can range from what the verses literally mean to how it applies to our present personal circumstances. The purpose of these questions is to go deep enough into the text, to extract the meaning, and then we are to apply the knowledge that we've learned to our personal everyday life. In order for us to change our life for the better, we have to ask God to give us faith and understanding about what we're reading. So tonight, you will be listening to Dr. Bishop Offer-Moore as he is giving you Bible study teaching. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, my bishop, Dr. Bishop offer
0: God, machine radio land tonight. Praise the Lord. Tonight is Thursday night. Amen. It is Bible teaching again. Amen. As my now has said and brought you, amen, that little seminar. Amen. I pray God that it is a blessing to you. And ever what we bring on this show is to try to promote, amen, your spiritual being to go higher. We thank God for her tonight. Praise the Lord. As she studied the Word of God. Amen, and that is exactly what we are going to do tonight, amen, is to get into the Word of God, As I often say a spoonful of thought tonight, and we are going to come to you tonight, amen, from uh, Genesis uh, chapter 3 and 5, and also from Isaiah 53, 1 through 5, and First John 3, 1 and 2. Beloved Genesis, Amen, uh, chapter 3 and 15 says, and I will put a enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise our head, and thou shall bruise his heel. Isaiah 53, 1 through 5 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form account of it. And when we Shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised and he rejected a man, a man of sorrow, and he's acquainted with grief. And we have hid as it was our faith from him, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely, he has borne our grief and even carried our sorrow. Yea, we didn't esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, ye were healed. First John 3, 1 through 2 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, that we should be called the sons of God. The world knew us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Galatians Chapter 4 and 4 reads and says, But when the fullness of time will come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Tonight, beloved, we are going to talk to you about the utmost fulfillment of Jesus Christ. the utmost, full of Jesus Christ. And as we have read the story many times in Genesis 3 and 15, we know a man, he says, and, and I will put a, a immunity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thou head, and thou shall bruise his heel." And we find out this prophecy, amen, was fulfilled on the day, amen, that Jesus Christ come and took possession when he comes to die on Calvary Cross for your sins and for mine. I deal ask the very stirring question, who has believed our report? And I'm going to ask that question tonight, who? has really believed our report concerning who Jesus Christ really is? Who has believed our report since we've been preaching the word of God, that God's word is true? There are many yet. My beloved, that you listen to me tonight, has not believed our report. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The Lord revealed amen his arm unto the Lord gave us amen in Genesis nineteen and fourteen. He said, And Lot went out and spake unto his son in laws, which married his daughters, and says, Get up. You out of this place. For the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that marked unto his son in law. His son in law didn't believe the report that God was going to get ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Matter of fact, they made very light of life. And they thought, Amen something a man has uh, happen to him that he didn't know what he was talking about anymore who believe our report in our day in our society as we preaching the word of God I want to say who has believed our report they've been saying bishop this you you and many other preachers have been saying this for a long time but we haven't seen anything change. But I want to say tonight, the fulfillment of Jesus is at hand. In Matthew 13 and 15, it says, And he did not many works that because of their unbelief. Many folks don't believe today, amen, because... Many miracles cannot be performed among people today because they don't believe the report. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is who he said that he is. But the Bible, amen, is constantly telling us all the way from Genesis to Revelation who Jesus Christ really is. Do people believe these kind of stories that we tell them, amen, about Jesus Christ? The supermarket would sell the papers if no one bought them. Everyone is interested in the future. It's too bad that many people turn to the tabloids Instead of an infallible word of God If they would look at the word of God They would realize that prophecy and the future Are revolving around Jesus Christ You don't have to go and look at the tabloids and, And see all the gospel and backbiter they put out Just read your Bible Believe our report. What's happening today in prophecy? The Jewish tradition and the loss of prophecy, the restoration of prophecy with John the Baptist. Christ is the climax of the redemption story. The church anticipates the complete of this work. Satan will be completely defeated. And we shall be like Jesus. The creation anticipates the completeness of this work. God is able to complete its work. In us through Jesus Christ. I want to say tonight, amen. If there is ever a time the church should lift up their head tonight and know, amen, that through faith in Jesus Christ, we got the victory. The victory belonged to us. And I know many times, amen, it does not seem like Amen. Victory is nowhere to be seen and found. But if you can just hold your faith in Jesus Christ tonight, victory belongs to us because Jesus won this victory on Calvary. Who will believe our report that you got the victory tonight? The final words, amen, came, can be significant. And we are noticing the first. Amen. Before Jesus ascended, the followers, amen, on the witness to him followed the law and the prophets and the Psalms. The three sections of the Hebrew scriptures. We can see Luke chapter 24 and 44. Jesus came, amen. He was born under the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. But this was not only, this was not the only place Jesus pointed out the messianic function of the scripture. We call the Old Testament in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, think not that I come to destroy the law of the prophet. I come not to destroy, but I come to fulfill it. Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth are pass, one joint or one till shall not in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Matthew chapter 5, 17 and 18. Jesus is the fulfillment of his word from Genesis to Revelation. The scripture used very description phrases by the Old Testament. Holy phrase is the one used by Jesus in Luke 24 and 44. The law, the law, the prophets and the psalmist. But the phrase law and prophet can also refer to the entire Old Testament, as can the word law. The contents determines the meaning in Matthew chapter 5, 17 and 18. Both phrases refer to the same section of scripture with the clear idea. That whether Jesus said law or the prophet, or simply law, he referred to something that would be fulfilled. Some readers think Jesus meant he would obey the law perfectly. But that is not the meaning of the Greek. pilero. Translate, fulfill. In the case by Matthew, repeated, use the word. The idea is that Jesus would fulfill the prophetic implication of the law and prophets. Find that in Matthew 1 and 22. Many other scriptures I could give you. But according to Jesus, it was not merely the prophets who prophesied the law? Today's focus, we see Amen in verse, it captures the idea when the fullness of time will come, when it was the right time for Jesus, is it? Bring on the fullness Of all of these prophecies When the fullness of time Will come God sent his son Made of a woman Made under the law Galatians 4 and 4 Jesus says I didn't come to destroy the law But I I come to fulfill the law The phrase The fullness of the time, it indicates that everything up to that point anticipated the coming of Jesus. Everything up to the time that Jesus was getting ready to be born from Genesis to Malachi was anticipating Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. They were looking for a deliverer, is the The idea was going beyond any of that ideas of fulfilling a specified time is in view. As we saw in the third series, Gabe will explain this to Daniel. It says in Daniel 9 and 25, Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forward out of the commandments to restoring and to build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The words like those of Jesus and Paul let us know that although many biblical prophecy has to do with one one uh, other people's places and time, the utmost subject of prophecy was the Messiah, Jesus Christ and his church. Thus his coming was the utmost fulfillment of his promise. Jesus is coming. All down the line, when all the prophets, amen, were talking about the Messiah, they were talking about Jesus Christ. Who has believed our report? Who has believed? The prophets of old were talking about this Messiah that comes hung on Calvary cross for us. Unbelief has stopped many folks from believing the word of God. But I believe Christians, you that know him, no matter what happens, continue to believe his word. Stand on his word like never before. Because the fullness of time has come. The real thing has come. Jewish tradition and the loss of prophecy. The mishap Jewish oral tradition written in the 2nd century A.D. includes the rabbi tradition that prophesied in 4th in century B.C. Although not all Jewish scholars agree with the common explanation of this view, one idea is that Prophecy ends Follow the exile As punishing For the people's sin Although it is true That was written As the Hebrew scripture Ended Somewhere around 450 To 400 B.C. It is not True that No one after that time speak prophecy under the power of the Holy Spirit. After the birth of John the Baptist, John father was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied according to Luke 1 and and 67. Anna may have been somewhere around 100 years old. She was a prophetess, 2 and 36. However, such person may have been during the era between the return of the exile and the coming of John the Baptist. When the Holy Ghost filled John, when the Holy Ghost filled Zachariah, he spake these prophetic words to the baby John. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the hives. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. Luke 1 and Seven to six. This prophet prophecy come Amen from Zechariah Amen speaking of none other than John the Baptist John Went crying in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord Make the way of the Lord straight But who has believed our report tonight John Would not merely Be a prophet in The sense of foretelling or even in the sense of foretelling future events. He would be the prophet of the high. His calling was not specified. He was to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Jesus, his ministry was foretold, amen, by Melchizedek. But who believed that? Who believed the report? Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the message of the covenant, whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi three and one, then the word of God, Amen, was truly fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Jesus endorsed the prophecy ministry of John and identified him as the person that anticipated in uh, Malachi. What went yet out into the wilderness? To see what What did you go out in the wilderness to see a real shaking with wind? But what went ye out for to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothes are in kings out. But what went ye out? To see, a prophet, yea, I said unto you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I will send my messenger before thou faith, which shall prepare thou way before me. Malachi, Matthew eleven seven through 10 God sent a prophet. He sent John the Baptist. Christ is the climax of the redemption story. To send it all that we're talking about, amen, again from Genesis to Revelation, we're talking about Jesus Christ. He was the climax, amen, of the redemption story. At the climax of any story, by the end of it, there are only a few pages left after the hero have accomplished his task. There remain these pages explain how everything worked out after the climax. The climax of redemption occurs with Christ crucified, burial and resurrection. Christ crucified bearer and resurrection 1 Corinthians Chapter 15 1 through 4 These events were According to the scripture Fulfilled The ultimate theme Of biblical prophecy The this, The new testament Explained the implication And results of Christ's Redemption work Christ did a work on Calvary Christ did a work on Calvary. And that work, amen, was for every individual, amen, on this side of the cross. Oh, praise the Lord tonight. Amen. He was born of a woman under the law, amen. But Jesus brought grace. We are not under the law tonight, amen. We have a new covenant, amen. We have a new agreement. With the Lord We are on the grace And on the truth Thank God for his grace Paul Described it One of The results of Christ's Redemption work In the contents Of a discussion About the prophecy Signifying Are circumcised. And the determination of the law of Moses. You know, under the law, it it, it was required that all the children of Israel, boy, babies, had to be circumcised on the eighth day. And that was a strong ritual that they had. If you was not circumcised, did he believe, amen, that you belong to the tribe of Israel? There was a lot of controversial about that. Amen. When Jesus Christ came along and when Paul was preaching the gospel, he let us know, amen, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision. Made without hand in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, bear with him into baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has risen him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins. And the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together. Having forgiven you of all your trespasses, he then blotted out the handwriting of audience that was against us, which was contrary to us. And took it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. And held spoil principalities and power. He made it sure of them. Open, triumphantly over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holiday. All the new moon, all the Sabbath day, a shadow of things to come. But the body is Christ. Colossians 2:11 through 17. We are not under the law anymore, church. We are under grace. Don't you let nobody judge you. Amen. In meat and drink about the new moon, of the Sabbath day. The shadow of the things, amen, the pass away, the, the real thing has come. That is Jesus. Jesus said, Be ye holy, for I am holy, and holy without no man shall see the Lord. That is to all of us that is under grace tonight. This circumcision of the old testament era. Amen. Was the circumcision made with hands? In contrast to the circumcision of Christ, that the circumcision was one of many prophetic types that would be fulfilled in connection with the coming of Christ and the establishment of the new covenant. The Lord made a brand-new covenant with the saints of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. If you're going to be circumcised today, amen, it's not by the foreskin, amen, that was cut. But let Jesus circumcise your heart. Let him clean your heart today. Every born-again Christian today, amen, ought to have his heart circumcised Amen, by the blood of Jesus. Christians, 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 praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Christian baptism. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You ought to be buried. Amen, water baptism, amen, is essential. And you ought to, amen, know what name to go down in when you are baptized, amen. You ought to go down in the name, amen, that brought you salvation. There is none other name given among men whereby men must be saved except the name of Jesus. You ought to be buried in the name, not of the name, but in the name. Baptism is more than a symbol or ritual. It is actually involving the putting off of the body of the sins and of the flesh. When we, amen, baptize, amen, it, 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 it involves, amen, in putting off. The body of sin and flesh. It is a type, amen, as we are buried with Jesus. We bury the old man. We leave that old man in the watery grave. And when we rise up, amen, we rise walking in the newness of life. We put put on a new man. New thoughts, new ideas, new ways of walking, new ways, a and, and, and place of going. When you come up out of that water, you ought to be a changed individual. The language verily, much like Peter, much like Peter who says, repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Now there was a man, nothing standing before him but a bunch of Jews at that time. And they didn't believe in Jesus Christ. But Peter had been converted. And Peter stood up and told them, after they found out who they crucified, they wanted to know, what must we do? Peter said, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins or the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 and 38 Peter also compares the salvation of Noah's family, wherein eight souls were saved by water. Letting you know, amen, water is essential. You can't get around water, amen. God used it, amen, uh, the the water, amen, in Noah's family when. It's a flood, amen, rained for 40 days and 40 nights. It was a type, amen, that they were baptized. No family, where in eight souls were saved by water with the effect of uh, water baptism. The life figure where unto even baptism does not also now save us, not the putting away of the filthiness of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. When you come up out of that water baptism, you ought to have a clean conscience. God been a wash away your sins. And for those of you that. have been baptized, and you didn't come up with no clean conscience. Let me tell you, go back and do it again. Go back and do it seriously, this time. That the Lord is going to do something for you. We have an old saying, amen. Don't go down a dry devil and come up a dry devil. Something... Amen. Transform when you go down in Jesus' name in water. Something takes, amen. Uh, 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 your mind transforms itself into a new nature. But the answer of a good conscience towards God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus rose. When Jesus rose, Amen. Uh, Jesus rose with all power in His hand. and He let us know when we rise, Amen. We ought to rise walking in the newness of life. First Peter, Amen. Chapter three, twenty and uh, through twenty-one. It may at first seem that there is a contradiction between Paul putting off the body of sin of the flesh, but peter not the putting away of the tilting of the flesh, since Peter previously connected baptism with remission of sin. And since both water was inspired by the Holy Spirit, we know this is not the case. There are at least two possible ways to reconcile Peter's words with those of Paul. Paul was Unequivocally making connection between Baptism and S-I-N Sin Probably Peter said we are Saved by baptism As an Anti The way of Noah family will say my water. But Peter did not use the specified word sin as did Paul. Perhaps therefore Peter's statement about the guiltiness of a flesh may simply be referred to the fact that water baptism is not merely a physically bath intended For extremely cleansing, this is captured in other translations. The NLT says, and this is a picture of baptizing which now saves you by the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection. Baptism is not a removable. Of dirty Of dirt from your Body it is an Appearance of God from A clear conscience When you are baptized it's not, not A removal from dirt from your body but Amen it caused you to have A clear conscience in Jesus Christ I'm not guilty no more Of my sin The Lord has forgiven Me of my sin I've been washed In water The NIV says and this water symbolized baptism that now save you also not the immovable of dirt from the body but the plague of a good conscience towards God. It served you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I pray, Amen, tonight. As you have been down in water, you've got a clear conscience. You're not guilty of sin. You believe that Jesus Christ has forgave you for all of your sins. And now you're walking in the newness of life. Who has believed our before? There is also another. Possibility that would reconcile Paul and Peter words, if we think Peter was referring to filthiness of the flesh, indeed a description of sin. The have brain found frequently in the New Testament would harmoniously these two accounts of the affection of water baptism of sin. Although the New Testament was originally written, written in Greek, it signified the portion of it was written by Jews. Like Paul and Peter Who continue to express Themselves in Hebrew Patterns of thoughts This Hovering Is rightly seen in 1 John 3 and 18 My little children Let us not love in words, neither in tongue, but in deeds and in the truth. John does not mean here that we are forbidden to say, I love you. But this is the harboring that means, let us not love in words only, neither in tongue only, but also in deeds and in truth. If we're going to love the Lord, amen, we must just not speak it, amen, from the lips, but let it come from the heart. When I say I love you, amen, let us mean it, amen, from the heart. I love you. The words only and also are not found in the text, but they are to be understood by the reader. Second Peter words. Filthy of the flesh Was indeed a reference to sin filting is of the flesh You got to get rid of is of the flesh Amen That's why Jesus tells us amen Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost And where sin is There is filth Filthiness of the flesh I believe, amen, Romans 6 and 1 What shall we say then? Shall we continue to do wrong? That God may abide That grace may abound God forbids us if we know to do right Amen, we don't have no business As a Christian want to do wrong The Lord has set us free. And who the Lord has set free, they are free indeed. Remember, we are the sons of God. Or if you can just grasp that in your mind tonight, amen, you are somebody. You are the son of the living God. In Acts 2 and 38, and with Paul, words in Colossians 2, 11 if we understand them to mean not the putting away of the filthiness of the flesh only, but also the answering of a good conscience towards God. This would also harmonize with Peter's use of Noah example. Noah worked in building the ark are certainty the answer of his good conscience towards God's commandment. And the result was the salvation of his family. If Noah didn't have a good conscience, if he didn't have a, a clean conscience, he couldn't have heard the Lord speaking to him. But Noah had a good conscience. And you know the story. God told him to be a man. And that results, amen, in baptism. and nor family were saved. <laughs> Who believe our report? Paul also says Christ out, blotted out the handwriting or audience that was against us. Christ blotted out our sin. Our sins are not held against us anymore. Christ blotted him out on Calvary. But after you accept Jesus Christ, you are not to practice sin you are not to go and deliver sin because, amen, Christ unbottied out your sin. Amen. That's why he botted them out, that you will sin no more. The hand right on the audience that was against us, he took this out of the way. He nailed it to his cross. Amen. He nailed it to the cross. The phase handwriting of audience is a reference to the law of Moses and can be seen in Colossians 2 and 16. The law declared all to be guilty. Romans 3 and 19, the law declared all to be guilty. The principalities and power, the representations of the kingdom of darkness took advantage of this guilt to heed condemnation and a sense of hopelessness on peoples. The devil took advantage of this because all was guilty. And Jesus had not died. And say to no, know, Amen. If anybody die, Amen, he had captain over their soul before Jesus died. So he took the advantage of this. But his work on the cross, Christ spoiled principality and power. Oh, he spoiled principality and power, real good on Calvary. And it was not that he had sinned, or nor was God even found in his mouth, even for you and I. Hold on to your faith, children, just a little bit longer. But in his work on the cross, Christ's for principalities and power, he made a showing of them openly. He triumphed over them. He just walked over principality and power, spiritual weakness in higher place. Christ just walked over them. Satan's authority from him. He took Satan's authority from him. When he went down into the lower part of the earth, where the saints of God were in captivity. Jesus went down there and took those that were in captivity that believed in him. He took them away from Satan. He made his showing of them openly, trampling over them. Colossians 2 and 15, Paul, Eloquent captives this idea as an extent discussion on the effort of Christ's work. Christ tramp over Satan. Listen, my brothers and sisters, Christ is still tramping over Satan. This is not tomorrow tonight, Amen saying, You got the victory. Just hold on to Jesus. Amen. A little bit longer. We're gonna go into the finish going into the depths of this, Amen. You've got the victory tonight. You are winners. You are not losers tonight. Hold on to the faith. This is Dr. Moore saying, God bless you until next week.
2: Thank you so much, everybody. Call in tomorrow. Call in next week, and we'll be back again. Godspeed, and God bless. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: You know it's going to be a good day.